welcome to the Atem podcast. My name is Dorota Buskela and this is the place to be to catch up on what you missed at the 2021 edition of the online 24 hours of Atem. So, for this 21st episode, we will cover OTT over satellite with multicast ABR. Let's start the engines. Okay. Uh, so I'm Christophe Burdinard, I'm Director of Technology and Standard at ATEM, and I'm streaming from Lyon, France. To cover the topic, we'll benefit from the insight of three panelists, Hans Massar, Head of Media and Broadcast at ST Engineering uh, iDirect. Uh, uh, Hans Massar has more than 20 years of experience in the broadcast industry, Before joining uh, New Tech in 2012, he served for 14 years in various sales and business development positions on a European scale at Cisco, Scientific Atlanta, and Barconet. In 2012, he became the former New Tech's Director of Strategic Business Development and was appointed Head of Media and Broadcast in 2014. And in all the same position at, uh, within ST Engineering iDirect. Then Thibaut Biatek, uh, Director of Technology and Standard at ATEM. He holds a PhD degree in Signal and Image Processing, and he was a fellow, uh, a fellow with uh, TDRS as doctoral and postdoctoral, and he, he has been video coding expert uh, within TDF, involved in MPEG and DVB standardization activities. In 2019, he was Senior uh, Director of Technology and Standard Uh, sorry, he was first uh, in senior engineer with Qualcomm, working on VVC standardization, and then becomes director of technology and standard at ATEM, working on partnership project and multimedia st and multimedia standards, contributing still to MPEG DVB and for GPP groups. And finally, Ank Spierski, chief catalyst at Isotropic Networks. Uh, he established Isotropic Network with his wife 25 years ago, and uh, Isotropic Networks became a, uh, a global and solution-based provider of satellite internet services. It operates its own teleport facility and is widely recognized as a premier ST engineering uh, network. So, um, before... Uh, before giving the floor to Hans, uh, we would like to play out this introduction uh, prepared by ST Engineering. Thank you, uh, first of all, for uh, inviting us for your uh, series of webinars. Um, I hope also we can contribute to uh, an interesting session for uh, the joint audience. Um, before we start an overview of, of, of how the value chain has uh, changed, and what players are part of the video delivery ecosystem as we see it. Um, I quickly want to spend some time on what is a VSAT system, as it may not be clear for everybody on the call, and uh, because it is uh, an important uh, acronym of, of what we are going to present in this session. So VSAT actually stands for Very Small Aperture Terminal. Basically, a VSAT system sets up a bidirectional IP pipe over satellite between central location called the hub and remote points of presence, which we also call terminals. 
The satellite industry makes use of VSAT systems to cover a wide variety of markets and applications, such as internet over satellite for consumer access, but also enterprise connectivity, cellular backhaul, IP trunking, uh, different mobility solutions, uh, connectivity for aircraft, ships, and land mobile, also government and defense applications, uh, distance learning, we will talk about more, and of course, then media and broadcast, which I am uh, heading at our company, and that both for contribution and distribution applications. So when we take a look at the ecosystem, um, at the, at the, the, the delivery uh, value chain, the traditional delivery value chain can be summarized as shown on this graph to a large extent. It is fairly linear. So the produced content is contributed over terrestrial or satellite networks to content aggregators. They create a bouquet of channels for an audience that consumes the contents typically on a traditional television set. And then there is a plethora of manufacturers and system uh, integrators that provide equipment and solutions to support this delivery. Now, since a decade, um, more content providers have come to the market. They also targeted other devices than just the traditional video screen. While the existing equipment manufacturers and system integrators adapted to the new world, also new players joined the scene. Uh, and rather than providing appliances, each, each taking care of a specific task in the content processing, more and more software running on commercial off-the-shelf uh, hardware is deployed and more and more processing is performed in the cloud rather than on-premise. But now, today, from the linear value chain, we see an evolution towards a multi-directional web of interconnections. In the end, a functional ecosystem is required to deliver what the customer expects. And that is a quality of experience, which is comparable to broadcast quality of any content on any device, anywhere and anytime. So if we take a look at the delivery chain topology, so from a helicopter view point of view, the traditional OTT video delivery chain can be represented as in this graph. So live or file-based content is ingested, encoded or transcoded and passed on to an origin. And then the content needs to be packaged for HTTP streaming and it can be encrypted. A CDN streamer distributes the content in a unicast format because this could be the internet over a terrestrial backbone to the edge. And there are remote points of presence, um, which take care of the communication with the smart devices. Adaptive bitrate streaming allows for increased quality of experience, depending on the capabilities of the smart device, the available bandwidth in the last mile, and the quality of the network, more or less video information chunks will be uh, transmitted to the remote point of presence. Now, first step in order to expand the footprint, um, offload congested terrestrial backbones, or to increase network resilience to mitigate uh, against disasters, uh, satellite distribution can be added. In order to make satellite transmission efficient, all unicast traffic is actually reformatted first to multicast to make it um, more efficient for transmission over satellite. Um, this is possible for live content, but also for content that can be pre-positioned at the edge. Uh, I'm thinking here of popular series or based on customer intelligence, uh, you can also uh, forecast what people will be looking at. Now, the remote point of presence could be a consumer device, um, 
but it would also be more professional infrastructure and it takes care of converting all of the multicast traffic back to unicast traffic so that in the end you can communicate with the smart devices. Now a return path is key for successful op of, of the operation uh, as it handles CDN analytics and it also supports digital rights management. It allows to send content requests from the remote to the origin as well. Um, and in case this, the, this return path is not available over a terrestrial path, um, then it is possible to do this also over the satellite, over the VSAT system, as you can see indicated here. And of course, all distribution and return traffic can also be fully handled by a satellite platform only. So this is not the discussion satellite versus terrestrial, but we see the world as a hybrid system whereby some uh, remotes you will address via terrestrial, some via satellite and some both. In the end, whatever the video chain uh, is, the delivery chain is, the, the key is to feed these edge CDN servers, which are placed as close to the consumer as possible with the right content at the right time, so that in the end you can guarantee uh, the quality of experience. Now, if you look at what we offer at our company, so typically we focus here on what you can see uh, indicated with uh, the, the, the red uh, rectangles, um, but with uh, partners such uh, as Atame, obviously we can complete the ecosystem. So it's, it's, it's part that this all is integrated um, so that we can uh, talk of a, a flawless uh, delivery. Let us now take a look at uh, a couple of use cases. So this use case will be more in depth uh, covered at the end uh, by Hank Spierski of Isotropic Networks. In essence, uh, Isotropic provides a service for uh, Netflix and Disney Plus and, and, and the likes of them over satellite. And the quality of experience is the same as if you want to access uh, the content um, over a terrestrial backbone. The second uh, use case, so the same solution as I presented here, can be deployed uh, by governments to reach school children in these difficult COVID times. So a side of life lessons being presented, um, courses, also homework uh, can be downloaded uh, easily to cost-effective set-up boxes at uh, the end, so that different students in a home can um, concurrently watch different lessons and uh, complete uh, their homework using a television screen or tablets. <coughs> Um, this is also another case. Um, this is uh, about moving vehicles. So I'm thinking here of trains, but this is obviously uh, a use case for cars, um, providing entertainment to the different screens that you may have in a, a modern car uh, moving forward. And then this is a use case for um, more traditional satellite operators. So we work with these operators in order to help them move to uh, the OTT world. Um, this without having to replace the installed base of set boxes, which would be, of course, uh, prohibitively expensive. And so it is about addition of set boxes uh, that uh, can handle both the traditional video as well as uh, OTT for uh, the smart devices, depending on it. Yeah, so if I may provide a, a couple of takeaways. So we believe that OTT and satellite are a very good match when uh, using multicast ABR, and that will be discussed further in this uh, presentation. It provides a solution that is easily scalable and provides an additional layer of resilience and is also very flexible. 
Also important, as we see, is that uh, the, the return path uh, to handle all the CDN analytics, etc., is discussed. And if this is not available over the terrestrial path or, or at least some of the, of the footprint, then this can pro be provided over a VSAT network. And then as a summary of, of this slide, um, it is key that uh, the, the system, the ecosystem works as an integrated whole uh, flawlessly. So solutions from different vendors must be compatible for a successful rollout. Uh, earlier, we also talked already about standards. The use cases here are real. Uh, so we're not talking about uh, some great idea, but uh, these systems are in daily operations. And that's also what Frank will cover later in the presentation. Whatever the application is, most IP traffic today is video. So whatever I said in, in my part of the presentation here is not just applicable for the media and entertainment business, but it can be applied for all kinds of markets, uh, as you can see here, and as I discussed, uh, enterprise or um, crew welfare, um, distance learning, etc. So I would like to pass on the presentation now to Thibaut. Can you take it away, Thibault? Yes, sure. So normally you should see my screen, full screen, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so thanks, Anks, uh, Anks for, for the transition. So my name is Thibault Biatek from them. I will know speak a little bit about uh, the key points of deploying a standardized solution for OTT of a satellite, satellite using uh, a multicast ABR approach. Um, so first, uh, let's have a quick look at the outline of the presentation. Uh, so today I will first uh, introduce the use case and the key issues uh, OTT of a satellite is facing today. Um, second, I will uh, uh, introduce how a standardized solution should be used to address the identified issue, uh, issues watching specifically to what's currently available on shelves and what is ongoing in SDOs. And finally, I will give a few conclusion words before passing uh, to Hank for the final presentation. Uh, so let's start with uh, uh, the first part. So um, as highlighted during the uh, introductory video, OTT is as of now a kind of uh, a bandwidth killer. Um, why? Uh, because uh, a video represents today a significant portion of the traffic on the internet uh, with 82% forecast in 2022, according to uh, the Cisco VNI report. And as of today, these video services are ma massively delivered using a, a unicast ABR delivery mechanism. Uh, which actually may lead to, to network congestion uh, during high audience hours, uh, resulting in a poor quality of experience for the end user. Uh, but the principal question is what could be used to deliver this massive traffic? And uh, actually, why not using uh, the traditional broadcasting infrastructure to, to deliver such services? Well, um, uh, le let's have a look at the satellite situation, for example. Uh, we have here uh, a good example of what we could call uh, the broadcasting paradox because, you know, in the past, all the ecosystem and devices were built around uh, the MPEG-2 TS uh, transport stream. And it fa in fact, the TS devices used to rule, which resulted in a, a one-shot for satellite operators because 
basically you were able to address all the devices in, uh, in the coverage area. However, uh, the situation has, has changed a little bit today um, because indeed a lot of new devices emerged during the last decades. Uh, you know, uh, smartphone, tablets, laptop, etc. And all those new devices inherit from a protocol stack that is coming from the internet world. And uh, they are actually not well addressable with legacy broad broadcasting systems. And even though uh, broadcasting SDO attempted to fill the gap, uh, it's mostly proprietary solutions that are used today to address those devices with satellite. Um, so to, to summarize, IP devices are uh, a kind of uh, ruling right now and consume uh, a ton of, of video, actually. Um, so the legacy broadcasting is uh, kind of finding its limits when it comes to, to OTT. So uh, the question is, uh, which kind of architecture should be used to face uh, the, the previously mentioned challenges and open the door for OTT over satellite? And one of the answers, is, the answer is multicasting IP uh, video streams over satellite instead of uh, continuing a massive unicast delivery. And here is actually provided uh, an overview of an end-to-end -end system uh, that uh, is implementing that. Uh, on the side, uh, the usual way of producing and delivering the content to the CDN is kept and uh, potentially can continue to serve other kind of IP network if needed. But then you can see where the multicast happens. Uh, a multicast server is actually encapsulating uh, the, the unicast traffic into multicast uh, services. And the next, the next step is actually quite straightforward. The satellite gateway is used as a link layer to turn the IP into RF and feed the, the transponder. And at the, the other side of the chain, from a device perspective, um, several scenarios can actually be targeted. Uh, of course, you can conti you continue to address legacy IRDs, but you can also address public venues or residential gateways that um, where um, the multicast will be made available in unicast to the local devices. So to summarize the identified issue that uh, we've just seen in the first two slides uh, can be addressed by uh, implementing that kind of uh, architecture. So to, to summarize, we've identified two principal issues that can be addressed with the architecture illustrated before. Um, uh, first, there is a bandwidth issue uh, that can be addressed by using multicast combined with uh, the satellite massive coverage. And in addition, you can also include some, some more efficient codec uh, as a way to further reduce uh, the bandwidth footprint. And second, uh, an, important, an, an important point is a device-rich issue. We've seen that various kinds of devices are targeted. Uh, you know the PCs are Windows or Apple. Uh, smartphones might be Android, uh, iOS, uh, TV set, uh, ATSC, Android TV as well. So in addition to that delivery uh, or bandwidth issue, we'll have to find a way uh, to deliver un a unique and common format for all that ecosystem. Otherwise, we'll have a ton of multicast streams in parallel for each kind of um, particular devices. So, and the spoiler alert is that we'll see in the next section that uh, CMAF is actually perfect for that. Um, so it looks like uh, we have identified a good solution to our OTT delivery issue. 
And now let's have a look into um, how this could be implemented using existing parts. Um, so let's dig into the, the standard parts. Um, so the architecture and issues we've discussed before actually cover uh, a wide range of technical area and technologies. Uh, first, the service discovery and signaling is a key aspect, of course, of any video service delivery mechanism. But there are other aspects, for example, the, the network aspect, of course, related to multicast that need to be addressed, uh, multicast encapsulation, session management, and so on. Um, there is also the link layer that turns IP into uh, RF. Uh, that is also a really important uh, aspect to be covered. And the video, uh, of course, takes an important place, uh, requiring a particular encoding, packaging, uh, uh, and also respecting operator and service providers' requirement in terms of en encryption and splicing, for example. And finally, there is the middleware aspects, because we've seen that a lot of uh, devices um, might access video services in a, in a, in a public space uh, or residential space. So there is this uh, gateway aspect as well. And uh, on the right side, you can see um, an illustration of where this standardization takes place. Uh, it's kind of a jungle. It regroups a lot of SDOs having their own specificities that we will actually discuss in the next slide. So first, let's have a look on what's uh, OTT today. Today, OTT is massively based on unicast ABR, where the video services are delivered using Dash or, H or HLS principally. And um, MPEG transport stream is now uh, almost gone and ISO BMFF rules as a base media file format. But this stack has a lot of advantages. Uh, you know, it is interactive, interactive by nature. It's perfectly suitable for targeted advertising. And even more, the common media application format, CMAF, has been developed to address concerns about having multiple formats. Uh, but there is still the issue of uh, addressing bandwidth concern that is not really tackled. And uh, in addition, there are a lot of right areas uh, outside that need to be reached. And for that, of course, satellite is, is just perfect. So to address those concerns, a so-called uh, OTT over satellite stack is provided here. Um, it represents all the layer and possible technologies available as of today to enable our, our, our use case. So first on the left side uh, on the diagram, uh, the MMT, which stands for MPEG Media Transport, is represented in its uh, silo. Uh, it has been designed to kind of replacing MPEG-TS in IP networks, uh, because you know MPEG-TS uh, is becoming um, complicated to maintain because you each time you have new technology you have to extend the signaling table so you you, you end up with endless uh, signaling table in spec and this format this format mmt is also a pretty robust from a transport perspective and has been adopted by um dibeg and ats 3.0 as a solution for multicast services representation then on uh, the middle and the right side of the table, two other options are presented. Um, basically, those two options are based on flute and, and route and are both used in DVB-MIBR, while ATSC 3.0 is only using root. Um, it's also worth notifying that 3GPP is also focusing on route as a multicast protocol. So those two formats, uh, as you can see, 
relies on ISO BMSS file format. Uh, route and flute presents the benefit of being compatible, of course, with, with CMath by nature, which enable, as we will see in, in, in a couple of slides, an, an increased device reach. And finally, there are the, the other layers, the service signaling aspect that is already covered somehow by ATSC 3.0, GVBI, and it's worth not uh, talking about the, the new activity in DVB called native IP that will directly deal with this uh, IP over satellite uh, video services. On the link layer side, it's a little bit more tricky because on one end you have DVB GSE, which is a generic way of delivering IP over satellite, but more in a data pipe manner. So without any uh, specific service discovery and signaling mechanism that you can expect for delivering video services of a broadcast. And on the other end, you have ATSC 3.0 that has specified a complete, um, a complete uh, IP over broadcast solution, but with a focus more on terrestrial delivery. Uh, so, so finally, we you can see here that we also have DVB native IP that is supposed to fill this, this gap. Regarding multicast type ABR, we've seen that it aims at uh, solving the unicast drawback. So instead of having a parallel pool of, of the same content, uh, the content is pushed, pushed actually one to a large set of subscribers with a minimal network impact and, and with some generic IP solutions specified by IETF. And we've seen in uh, the previous slides that the multicasting of ABR format has been a quite in intensive topic for SDO. Um, especially in combination with CMAF. Uh, finally, I would like to, to say a few words about CMAF, which we believe is really an enabler for successful OTT services, including those of our satellites that we are uh, talking about. Um, CMAF is actually, uh, CMAF stands for uh, Common Media Application Format and is actually a common format for OTT delivery based on ISO BMS container, as known as uh, FMP4, fragmented uh, MP4. And the goal of CMAF basically is uh, to provide a convergence between HLS dash uh, without defining a playlist, a specific playlist or manifest, but by specifying a common ISO BMF format compliant with both. Um, so uh, since it uh, defined the format and container for segmented delivery, it is particularly suitable for improving cache ability reducing CD cost and it reduces deployment complexity since many gateways and trans package or transformator are actually removed. And finally, a really important point when it comes to live delivery, uh, it's perfectly suitable for low latency delivery using ByTrench for HLS or LLChunk for Dash um, as illustrated in, in, in that figure here. Um, so, um, let, let's now uh, conclude this talk before passing uh, to Hank to for, for the next uh, part of the presentation. So um, we, we, we've seen today that satellite enables OTT services to be deployed in a bandwidth-efficient manner. We've really uh, a pretty high audience reach uh, and high-quality video and low latency. Multicast ABR is standardized and available on shelves to address that need. And we've seen that many SDOs are converging toward an uh, interoperable and non-proprietary ecosystems. Um, the ATSC 3.0 protocol stack is well suited for that, but 
it's uh, uh, pretty terrestrial-centric and it should be adapted to, to satellite physical layer. And it's worth really uh, uh, mentioning that DVB native IP activity should really converge uh, toward uh, a, a paradigm or solution that would guarantee this interoperability and successful deployment. And the, fun, the final point I would like to raise again is CMAF, which uh, we believe is really uh, an important point to enable that um, efficient delivery because uh, without a common format, okay, you can do multicast, but if you multicast uh, a dozen of different formats, uh, uh, what what the point? So um, CMAF is really a key format to for us to address a wide range of devices with a, a minimal la minimum latency. Uh, so no, normally uh, Hank should uh, take the lead and share his screen, I think. Shall I uh, share the screen, Hank, and uh, move the slides as you like, or do you take over yourself? Hank, uh, up to you. I can't, uh, I can't show you. Up, I can go in your presentation. I will do so. So, Ank, uh, let's proceed. Okay, hello everyone. Do you see, do you have my uh, slides up there? Yes. You're current, uh, and currently, I'm sharing my screen, uh, but if you, you okay. can ask for the share. Uh, I thought Maybe. someone there had my slides, is that correct? Yeah. So yes, that's correct. Let, let, let's go on with mine. Yes. Okay. Uh, can you go to the next one then, uh, Christoph? Okay, let's move on to the next one. So let's talk about content caching and delivering a video via multicast. There's something that's very, very important that everyone needs to understand. The technology is out there. The technology is wonderful. It's very efficient. It's extremely digital. But what's most important to the content providers, the content owners, is they want protection. They want to know about the security. They want to know how many eyeballs are looking at the content. They are all about eyeballs. So what we had to do to access the content, I can tell you it took us, um, we were in negotiations for two years before we could demonstrate to Netflix and satisfy them with the effectiveness of our um you could call it a, a acquisition, store, and forward and play of their content. Um, they've, the files coming from someone like Netflix are incredible. They have all different audio files, all different languages, um, regionalized content, and we want to bring it all into one. So we had to build our own uh, devices to retrieve the content on a regular basis, parse out the languages we didn't want or we didn't need, and then 
combine that audio with the video content, uh, which was quite the ordeal. But again, they're concerned about eyeballs and how secure the system is. So we needed to just to demonstrate to them that we could authenticate conventional, valid Netflix account holders. So the, the, the sign-in looks identical to Netflix. Uh, you put in your username, password, and then every, let's say every 10 to 15 minutes, you'll get a 5K byte message going back on the return channel, validating them as a, as a Netflix account holder. Um, once we were able to prove that, we had no problem acquiring the content. But again, it takes quite a bit of management uh, because you've got all these different audio files and um, a company like Netflix, they're always, they're on the leading edge of all of this video delivery. They're changing the encryption schemes all the time. So what you might feel as though um, a, a firm comfort level you're receiving everything properly, um, a lot of curveballs get thrown at you and you've got to stay on top of that content stream in order to make certain that, you know, you're going to be able to deliver the same bytes and packets in the same order. So once um, we are able to prove to them that we had the security and the authentication in place, uh, the business grew. We first started doing it in the yachting industry. And everybody that we talked to, including you know, Hulu, HBO, we just added HBO Max, Apple TV, uh, Prime Video, um, we got Viacom now, Turner, Discovery, and Major League Baseball will be up this year. Um, they're all comfortable with the uh, security of the system. But one thing that was required in order to get to make everything move along quicker was we had to adopt as much of their own in-house security and authentication as possible. So they were very sharing with us and we were able to put that together. So that's what uh, worked very, very well for us. Um, as I mentioned, content is king in this whole thing. And sometimes you can't get what you want because although a lot of people even in the broadcast industries share their content or they will license it to other networks. So we just ran into a situation where we were trying to put cartoons out there and folks like Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, they want to maintain all that content for themselves. So we actually had to come and form uh, a new channel and uh, we're just experimenting with this now in the maritime um, industry. We call it uh, Bubble Guppies, which is the new uh, cartoon network for children on yachts. It's so far in the early stage, it's working very well. Can we go to the next slide, please. So what we've done is, um, we took the traditional approach um, and knowing that you know, the direct-to-home people, everyone else, um, can't really deliver the full content that they need. So we, we built a true content delivery network or a content distribution network. So they get very, very good experience all across the board. 
So we have the content providers streaming into our network and then we take them, parse them out and send them over satellite in a multicast to a caching server on premise. And as I mentioned that, we have our own little portal that looks just like a, a Netflix or a Hulu or a Discovery or a Turner um, customer user interface that they would use to sign on to the service. And it, it's um, pretty much seamless for them. Again, with the um, just 5K bytes going across for validation, it's very, very quick. And uh, with the direct connection like that, uh, we see how we can authenticate in a very swift manner. Uh, we're using iDirect platform for all of this. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing how the, the oldest protocol in, in IP has come back with such force and is a perfect platform or a perfect protocol to use for this delivery. Next slide, please. So you've seen this before with everybody else's um, presentation, but it's simple. You know, we call it, this is, this is bread and butter for us. This is what formed our company uh, 29 going on 30 years ago. We, um, we multicast, we take one piece of content similar to all of the direct to home that you see. And we just multicast that to people all over. We do, Yachts at sea, we do private islands, we do corporations, we do man camps. Uh, we do, we go to some cellular companies and they can cache the local, the video locally there at the tower. So that, you know, this is a big, big uh, opportunity in the 5G um, arena where people can get the um, content on their devices locally and it's caching, you're not overloading any of the tower capabilities. So it's, it's been endless as far as the uh, number of um, different people, different industries um, that want to receive the video. As, as you mentioned, what is it? 82% of the content is video right now. It's going to continue. So as far as the case study, we can tell you it's been um, a, a tremendous success. It's, uh, we're, we've been averaging probably, uh, oh, oh, I'd say 20 users a day signing on. So it's a very, very good continual growth. I believe that might be it for the slides, unless there's one more. Yep, that's it. This is uh, where we're, um, I guess you can call it kind of new where we're using satellite to offload some of the traffic to cellular towers. So there's a couple of regional providers that we work with right now um, where we're delivering content to them. They're on caching servers at the tower location and they rebroadcast from there. It's working wonderful for uh, people in mobile areas, um, automobiles, trains, trucks. Um, they can view their content on any device. So it's working on the, um, you know, the Apple, the, the Galaxies, the Microsoft. 
all across the board. So that's just a little pictorial there. Gives you a better idea of how it comes across, but I think everybody watching this is smart enough to see precisely how it works. So that about does it. So then just to put uh, the, the two uh, presentations uh, so far together, the one that I gave in the beginning and, and the one that Hank just had now, so if you would picture um, the, the a bit of the, the product portfolio on top of this drawing, so you, as Hank mentioned, so we have uh, some uh, iDirect product in here, um, a VSAT platform, and then uh, with green, I, uh, we have marked where uh, then uh, Atema can complete uh, the remainder of the uh, ecosystem. So I think this was the last slide of, uh, of the presentation. Um, Christoph, maybe you can go on to the questions now. Yes. Um, first, uh, I guess Hans wanted to, 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 to share a final slide before that. That was the one that I uh, just shared. Okay. okay. Thank you. Sure. So we have 10 minutes before the end for uh, our round of uh, question and answer. Uh, one first uh, feedback we had is, well, so uh, this is a, a deployed system, but uh, basically, uh, as, as you've shown, it's, uh, about, uh, Netflix is all about uh, on-demand viewing. So how, how does it work in practice? Question to Hans and Hank. So, so Hank, maybe you can explain a bit on when a customer wants to get the content. Um, so what happens? He selects content, then you go to the local cache, etc. Can you maybe explain a bit on how this works? Okay, is that a question for me? I can't hear very well. Yeah, so what is so. the mechanism for when somebody basically uh, selects a content? Um, is it on the local cache or, or how does it work? Okay, if someone wants particular content, now, number one, we have a number of different uh, methodologies in place. First of all, we're always broadcasting um, the Netflix top 10. They're always saving that to their caching server, but you can also make requests so they can go through the portal and request what they would want to see on demand. And usually, in what we will do, um, we used to, at the beginning, looking at it, we had a tremendous amount of people requesting their own content. Now, then we started using similar algorithms to what Netflix uses, like what, what's, what are people watching the most or particular clients. Keep in mind, you know, we have a, we're, they have millions and millions of clients. We have thousands. So it's much easier to determine what thousands of people want versus millions. Uh, so we've been able to already cache a lot of content that people want naturally. If it's something that's not there, uh, we will let them request it. We, can, we put it in the queue. And the longest it takes for anyone once they're in the queue of the multicast is usually just over an hour and they have their own content that they've requested. And if it's just one episode, they get the one episode. 
then in the background, we'll be sending other episodes also if they want to see it. So we kind of think ahead of that a little bit. It's a somewhat of a dynamic system for for delivering the content. But they are able to um, bring it on demand. It's just not, don't be too demanding. Thank you. Um, so, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the remote uh, POP point of presence? Is this your own product? Was that a question for me? It's for Hans, I guess. No, I think it's 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 more to, to the, the remote point of presence that you have shown in your uh, slides, Hank. Is this something that you that uh, that is your own product, or or what? Can you tell a bit more about it? I can't hear anybody. If I can't get my volume up any higher. Sorry, I think the, the question was, we, on, on the slides you have shown a, a remote point of presence product. Was this your own development or, or what can you tell about it? What, what does it look like? The, the caching server and the modem? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty much a, uh, a server uh, with all the VMs and everything embedded in it for the video distribution, for... Um, it has everything. It's got the um, network security, it's um, authentication, storage, RF, everything is in one box. Um, uh, another point, uh, mainly. Okay, um, one question uh, for Thibault, I guess. Uh, you mentioned that video codec uh, was another aspect enabling further bandwidth savings. So, so can you say uh, a little bit more about that? Yes, sure. So, so basically we've seen that uh, with multicast ABR, you can all, of course reduce uh, the network occupancy, the bandwidth and so on, but um, uh, uh, at the end of the day, there are also the size of video files that matter, and for that, you you still have the possibility with some new codecs to further reduce the bandwidth. Um, uh, for example, you can use uh, uh, the most recent ones, uh, AV1, even VVC that um, is providing 50% uh, of bitrate saving uh, against HVVC at the same visual quality, and that uh, something that at a time we are also working on, uh, you know, pushing the, the bandwidth, uh, uh, the, the limit. Uh, so, yes, that's also another way of optimizing the network that is, of course, really worth considering. Um, you can really expect some great gains on that. So, and Simaf. Could maybe could CMAF uh, be a key differentiator then? Yes, because you, you know you can do multicast ABR, you can uh, um, 
uh, address a lot of devices with the same stream, but if at, in the receiver side, you have a lot of uh, different kinds of, of formats uh, or, or, or of flavor, uh, uh, you will need to, to duplicate all those multicast services. So it's really important to, to align all the formats around something that is common. And for that, CMAF is obviously uh, uh, really well suited. Um, um, you can basically uh, increase your device reach uh, significantly by uh, uh, putting things together in terms of, for of format. Um, you will also save cost in the in the network when you need some trans packagers or or transcaster or, or anything, and you can uh, probably achieve a convergence of of several add-ins into a single one at the same time. So, yes, CMAF is really also a key point uh, and a key differentiator to guarantee that success. Satellite has a reputation for uh, latency. So uh, could you, one of you say more about this? I want to take it. How uh, distribution over satellite would affect live video content delivery? Um, I can say a few words. It's related somehow about the OTT having the reputation of uh, delivering a pretty increased latency compared to broadcast. And um, uh, we've seen, uh, I think, in the last webinar as well that, uh, again, uh, using CMAF, you can uh, align the latency you will get in broadcast, uh, in OTT with the, the typical one you achieve in, in, uh, in broadcast. Uh, so it turns uh, the, the OTT live delivery, especially to be really competitive with broadcast in terms of quality of experience. And it benefits as well uh, the broadcasting on satellites. So that's one of the aspects where uh, the latency can be, can be further reduced. I think for uh, on-demand um, delivery, um, it all depends on, on how smart you are about pre-positioning the library at the edge of the network. So then latency don't, doesn't play a role because you are playing, uh, you're playing on the request from the, the local cache server. So you can start up fast and there is uh, not a lot of room for buffering, it, uh, et cetera. We can. We are, we still have two minutes. We can take pick uh, another one question. But uh, first of all, I would like to express the fact that uh, the slide uh, will be available soon. Uh, they were not uploaded because they, we had the last minute modifications. Um, what? Uh, ju just uh, going back to to Bank, we'd like to know which uh, geography are covered today by your distribution. Uh, over satellite. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Which geographies are covered today? Oh, I believe we are on 16 spacecraft right now. North America, South America, Europe, Sub-Saharan Africa. We're um, everywhere but Asia right now. Okay. And 
yes, let's try this last one. Uh, the, the request for content uh, is performed by, uh, via the return channel over satellite. But, um, is there any other benefits to this return path? Any benefits to what? Um, cur uh, currently, uh, so we, we are using uh, uh, we are using the uh, the return channel over satellite uh, for requesting the content. Yes. And so I, it's not uh, the question is what other benefits do you see for this return path? Well, the return path is required for the authentication, but um, it's not much bandwidth at all. I mean, you're looking at the most, if you've got thousands of customers, you only need about, a, you know, 512K for a return channel for the authentication. That's nothing in this business. Okay, so, but uh, otherwise, there is, uh, you, can, you can offer um, a, bundled, uh, a bundled service on this, whereby you, you really have an IP pipe. Um, over satellite. So if this would be a consumer case or if this would be cellular backhaul, um, any, any general application, any broadband application can be uh, added to this service if necessary or if required. Okay. So it is 1 p.m. CT uh, before giving the floor to our next host, uh, Jörg Snyders. Uh, for the anti-penultimate session, future of terrestrial and regionalized advertising, I will stop. I would like to, to thank you uh, for this presentation. Now, we are at the end of the 21st podcast. If you want to find out more, you can go to the atem.com website or follow us on LinkedIn. Next time, we will cover better UHD TV experience. Don't miss out!